Welcome to episode 135 of The Digital Life, a show about our adventures in the world of design and technology. I'm your host, John Follett, and with me is founder and co-host, Dirk Niemeyer. Greetings, John. How you doing? Not too bad. I see you're enjoying our, our new microphone setup. John, our new microphone setup has me inspired. It's, it's making me feel very bellicose. And All right. I'm, I'm ready to rock, my friend. Okay. Well, so listeners, today we have three big predictions for 2016. And <clears throat> just <clears throat> by we, John means he. We are having a prediction episode, but I'm not feeling very predictive about the next 12 months for one reason or another. So we have John Follett's big three predictions for 2016. All right. We need some sound effects of planes crashing there. So my first prediction for 2016 is that the Internet of Things gets out of its America Online stage. So let me give a little background on it. The 2015 Internet of Things hype has been so huge and majestic. And at the same time, the uh, results have been somewhat mediocre and just the hype seems unjustified. So I think it's akin to the American on, uh, America Online stage of the uh, uh, development as far as the technology goes. And and I'll give a shout out. I I saw online a, a, another commentator was calling it the the geo cities of things, which I, uh, I I I love that description. So the the John, point that we're at, yeah, you're old. I am not that old. Do our listeners know what geo cities is? Raise of hands. If you know what geo cities is, raise your hand right now. Just and don't do it if you're driving, you. um, or keep one hand on the wheel. So. The stage that we're at with Internet of Things is just uh, really sort of sort of difficult in that people are trying things out. It's very DIY in some sense. There aren't a lot of standards. Uh, a lot of the usage is set up to be sort of cute um, demos and not really you know embedded into our lives. And if you recall, AOL felt like a a quirk. It felt like a very expensive quirk, but it was it was uh, sort of a pop culture phenomenon, uh, especially with all those CDs that they sent to people. But the real potential of the internet was was hidden there. I mean, there there was a lot of goodness in uh, America Online, but there was just also a lot of strangeness, and this closed system uh, really has very little to do with what the internet is today. Uh, by the same token, uh, the Internet of Things is going to take a while to develop, and it's also going to be a bit under the covers. So it's going to be part of your shopping experience, and you're not going to know it because the store is going to be monitoring where you're going and what you're doing, and you're going to be unaware of that. It's going to be, uh, become part of uh, telemedicine. It's going to become part of you know, the streets that you're driving on and walking on. And all of this is going to take time and, and you know, I think that next step happens next year, and we begin to see some real solutions that will probably get highlighted in the news and and hyped uh, to no end. But uh, you know, I think that part's coming. So, that, so that's my first big prediction. Dirk, I mean, you, yeah, what do you think? Yeah, I think I think the core analysis and analogy are interesting, but make it more concrete. I mean, what special is going to happen in 2016? Because in past years, there's been hype around the Nest, for example. 
there's been hype around some of the health apps, certainly. So what what's going to be special and different about 2016 that, that makes this a, a, a prediction, that makes this important, as opposed to just some smart um, analysis and analogy? So there's going to be a city in the United States that has reduced traffic congestion in a major way as a result of an IoT implementation. And I don't know if that's going to be Boston or if it's going to be San Francisco, but there's there's all sorts of projects going on right now to do those sorts of things with, with large tech providers like IBM. Um, and, and I predict you're going to start seeing some positive results in terms of uh, things like traffic flow and also things like municipal services. So those are the kinds of things that cities are spending, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars to implement. And that's all just, like I said, going to be under the covers. That's that's not going to be uh, something that that we notice immediately. But, you know, maybe there won't be overflowing trash cans or the, or or you'll get to work a little bit quicker. But all these things are quality of life issues that uh, the smart cities, uh, as implemented through Internet of Things, is going to produce for us. So if it's all under the covers, how do we validate your prediction? So I'll keep an, I'll, I'll keep an eye out for, for news items. And of course, uh, listeners, I'm sure you'll, you'll keep me honest and, and let me know if uh, this is all BS or not. But I, I'm feeling pretty good that, that we're going to see some positive results from, from the IoT. There's there's a lot of investment going on right now, and, and a lot of these projects are longer term. So I, I imagine we're going to see some some smart city rollouts that are going to have a big impact. All right. Well, speaking of big impact, what's prediction number two? All right. Prediction number two is you're going to see genomics in your everyday doctor's visits. So it's going to go from being a sort of uh, specialty item that is a little bit divorced from your, you know, day-to-day medical records to being something that will have uh, an impact on your uh, regular doctor's visit. So so right now we have uh, 23andMe, we have uh, genomic services where you can make a, a scarf out of your, your own uh, uh, sort of special info viz for your DNA, you're starting to see genomics being used to match uh, cancer patient, patients to the, uh, the particular drug trials that that's appropriate for. Uh, you're beginning to see nutritionists use it to, to match certain kinds of foods uh, to people's diets. So, so this is already starting to happen in, in, in small uh, unique ways, and I think it's going to have broader mainstream, excuse me, rollout in 2016. That's interesting. So the question is, if genomics are going to be part of our doctor's visit, what's going to happen to the little popsicle stick that was so prominent in past doctor's visits? Can we expect to still see the popsicle stick when I, dealing with our doctor? I sure, I sure hope we see the popsicle stick because I, I have a feeling they're going to be using that to collect your your spit so you can uh, have another genetic test. <laughs> well played. Well played. So my final prediction for this year is that the creative class is is once again going to take another step forward with uh, what I'm calling sort of uh, open collaboration. Uh, we've seen a lot of Open, like significant open source software in major emerging technologies uh, this year. And it's gotten to a level where it's no longer about, you know, sort of 
you know, the, the software that, that you might consider to be not business critical, but it, it's really software that you can make a, a, a lot of money on that's being open source. So, so I'm thinking of TensorFlow, which is uh, an AI software, which Google open sourced recently. Uh, Facebook is open sourcing uh, elements of their uh, online security. And the reason they're doing that is because advances in software happen a lot more quickly when you have more good engineers inside your firewall and outside of your firewall looking at these problems. So with Facebook, they're trying to develop sort of the, the counterpunch to the, the, you know, the hacker organizations, which seem to be able to just sort of willy-nilly go into whatever systems they like. So, so Facebook, I, I think very uh, presciently, decided that they were going to take what they were working on and sort of contribute it to the open source community. And they've seen lots of positive feedback and code come back uh, to OS query because of that. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's a unique take on security because you wouldn't think open source security would be something that people would be interested in, but it's exactly what you know, the creative class needs because you're leveraging intellectual property from other smart people and you're building on that. And I think that's really part of the secret of the secret sauce of how we're going to work together in the 21st century. So, so not just open source software that underpins the internet or artificial intelligence, but also uh, open science, uh, open pharmaceuticals. Can you imagine that? I, I think we're going to see uh, steps in that direction as well. I think there's some business models that are going to poop on your open pharma- pharmaceuticals, my friend. I, I, I think there's so much potential there because reformulating drugs um, uh, is, is sort of the next big thing in, in pharmaceuticals. They, they're not uh, creating new drugs necessarily. There are, there are very small companies that, that spend their research dollars in, in reformulating something so they can, uh, you know, sort of uh, get the value out of the drug and 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 the patents, et cetera. So while I'm certainly no no expert in in pharmaceuticals, I, I think there is so much research potential there in in open sourcing the the data that uh, is made available from these these drug trials. And you you see the sort of the beginnings of that with with one of our excuse me, one of our one of our clients, open humans, which which is basically reaching out to the community and saying, you can have all this data that we have on people as long as you return data uh, to our database for the next uh, for the next guy, and as long as you share the results with, with the people who you're studying. Now, that isn't pharmaceuticals necessarily. Uh, there are a lot of other research, scientific research studies that they uh, participate in, in particular the, the Personal Genome Project is sort of the biggest one. Um, and, and there are other examples of, of open science. I mean, even, even Apple's getting into the game uh, with their framework uh, for, uh, for, for digital science. Uh, I forget the name of their, their research framework right off the top of my head. But even How does Apple's that work on Microsoft devices? How does that work on Android-based devices? That's a good question. I have, I have no idea. Big bag of shit. So, so that's my, my – uh, you, you can probably tell that my – Inclination is is to 
to leverage open source IP where it's possible. Um, there could be a lot of good that comes out of open design, for instance. Uh, there, there isn't a lot of uh, open uh, interaction design and UI design. There's some. I mean, there's, uh, there's user interface libraries, for instance. But, uh, you know, Involution has, has open sourced our, our H-graph, which is that infoviz for showing a, a, a patient's healthcare metrics all in one picture. Uh, I think we need a lot more of that because uh, patients need to understand their metrics, right? So, so there's my there's my flag in the ground for for 2016 in uh, uh, more and very significant uh, open organizations and software. So, how do we measure these predictions? How do we, at the end of the year, say John killed it or John was was way off? How do we figure this out? Right. So, so with our first one for the IoT, I, I, I think we can, we can say if there are some significant smart cities projects uh, that, that are... Theoretical or manifest? Manifest. Okay. Right. Um, for the second one, genomics and everything, if, if you go to a doctor's appointment and there's a, a request or a, a way that you can participate uh, by you know, either giving the doctor genomics data or having a sample taken, uh, I would call that a, a validation of the prediction. So I'm going to make sure to go to at least one doctor. and That's I, I'm, a good start. I'm not going to ask anything. I'm going to see if they ask me about my genomics or try and get me to take some kind of test. Right. To me, that's the test. Okay. And if they do, hey, amen, brother. All right, and th- and then the last part, open organizations, I, I think is a little tougher. It's, it's fluffy. It's it's more of a huge wave we're surfing, right? So, uh, I would say there have already been some pretty significant events in 2015. So I'll, I'll have to think on on that once more as to how we validate it. Um, but that is that is the trend that that open IP is able to be leveraged. Uh, whether you're in science, artificial intelligence, robotics. I mean, the examples go on and on. I, I don't think open source gets enough respect, or, or maybe it does, but, but it's not sort of shouted from the rooftops. So, so we'll have to see how, how that one goes. All right. So listeners, remember that while you're listening to the show, you can follow along with the things we're mentioning here in real time. Just head over to thedigitallife.com. That's just one L in the digital life and go to the page for this episode. We've included links uh, to everything mentioned by everybody, so it's a rich information resource to take advantage of while you're listening or afterward if you're trying to remember something that you liked. And if you want to follow us outside of the show, you can follow me on Twitter at John Follett. That's J-O-N-F-O-L-L-E-T-T. And, of course, the whole show is brought to you by Involution Studios, which you can check out at GoInvo.com. That's G-O-I-N-V-O.com. Dirk? You can follow me on Twitter at D Niemeyer, that's at D-K-N-E-M-E-Y-E-R, or email me, Dirk, at GoInvo.com. So that's it for episode 135 of The Digital Life. For Dirk Niemeyer, I'm John Follett, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>